Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mistress Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. One of my favorite people, Paul Mercurio. Hey, how are you there? I'm good. Happy belated Christmas. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Family. Uh, no, nah, happy Merry Christmas and happy Kwanzaa to everybody. I'm not sure. I think you got to say. And Hanukkah and holidays and happy New Year coming yeah. up. Ramadan, all that stuff. All of them. <laughs> all of them. How are you? I'm good. I finally uh, stopped baking. You can appreciate. Oh, you, you bake. Uh, what did you make? You know how many of those frosted anise cookies I made? Oh, I love those. Dude, mine are the best. Oh, my God. You I made about little... 500 of them. Not exaggerating. About 500. Oh, my God. You're so Italian. You smoke a little weed, have a few of those. Your life is perfect. Not nah, just I mean? a little vino while I was baking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. My mother, uh, my mother, like for Thanksgiving, made uh, uh, for Christmas rather. She made an apple pie and she put raisins in it and just like completely ruined it. Like, Why do people put raisins in things where raisins don't belong? Yeah, you don't put them exactly. You see, this is why you and I should be married. You don't, you don't put them in a cookie or a muffin. You put them in the toilet. That's where you put raisins. I don't. I'm not anti-raisin, and I don't mind them saying an oatmeal cookie. Nah. But, like, I don't want raisins in pie. Yeah, like, exactly. No, like, Ma. And I'm with you. I'm, like, anti-raisin. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-raisin just across the board. I mean, I know you like them in cookies. I don't like them anyway. Like, I, and you think about it, like, a raisin is just like a grape that couldn't cut it as a grape, you know? like It's a failure. <laughs> exactly. I didn't like you as a pretty grape. I'm going to like you as a wrinkly raisin, right? And then they, they, it's like they put it in the... And even the body rejects it. It goes through you like, you know, right, you know, you know what, through a goose. It gets to the stomach, and the stomach literally goes to the raisin. Hey, I know about you. You're a grape that couldn't cut as a grape. Go to the end of this tunnel. There's a hole that wants to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the non-digestible stuff that gets left. Oh, God. And then my mother's, you know, 90. She just turned 90, Italian. You know, we grew up in Rhode Island in Providence. And she's like that old school depression mentality still to this day. So we had to have her car taken care of because um, she uh, she went shopping and then to get some food. And then she went into like Walmart or something. And she had this like really expensive cheese that was like really like pungent. And she um, and she uh, like put the cheese under the front seat of the oh, car. Oh, no. Yeah, and we had to have the car fumigated because she forgot the cheese was there and left it there overnight. And, and you know, it's always... And so, like, I'm losing my mind with her, and I go, why would you put cheese under the front seat of the car? She actually said to me, I didn't want people to steal I cheese. knew that's what you were going to say. I knew it. Because <laughs> that's like a, what I would say. I don't like want somebody... Food. That cheese is expensive, man. <laughs> Was it like a Gouda thief running around Rhode Island? Like, well, you're out of your mind. Like, it's just, it's just, 
it, it must have been done. really good cheese if it stunk that bad. Oh, it was really like this. Uh, some like she she was serving it with uh, prosciutto oh. and uh, you know some olives and everything. And yeah, she's old school. But the only thing about her that's not old school is like that that stereotype about Italians. And it's really an ethnic thing. It's like Hispanics do it, I think, too, and and Jews. It's like there's that one room in the house with the plastic furniture that you go on like. Uh, you you can only sit on like twice a year. Yeah, like, well, that room's for Christmas. Yeah, that's and, and, it. And Easter, right? And there's like a picture of the Pope Jesus and Frank Sinatra on the wall. And John Ke- John F. Kennedy sometimes too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't don't forget about John F. Kennedy. Right. Exactly. And Kennedy and Sinatra's pictures are like twice the size of the Pope. <laughs> and it's literally like that plastic, and you sit on it, and you're sitting like within two minutes. Even in the winter, you're sitting in a pool of your own sweat. Now that stereotype did not apply in our house because we, we have this furniture store, which my mother's still running, and that was the focus of our lives, right? So this house was always a mess. And I, this is not a bit, I'm not making this up. So I was like 17. I ran off to get a sandwich one day. I came back. Someone broke into the house, my mother's house. They took the stereo. They didn't touch another thing in the house. Like they were in and they were out like two minutes. And a cop comes over to take a police report, stands in the middle of the living room and surveys the living room. He goes, oh my God, what kind of an animal would make a mess like this? <laughs> He thought the guy ransacked the house. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he was crazy. He left salami out all day. He threw a bra on the lampshade. He was nuts. He was nuts. Well, not like, you can't even be quiet when you're in that room either because, like, just getting up out of the couch is so loud. Because like, everything like, crinkles because that plastic. I don't even know where you get those plastic covers. Yeah, I think you have to go to, like, a car detailing shop and bring your bring your sofa in. <laughs> You're right. I never thought of that. It's like when you get up, it's like two balloons rubbing together. Yeah. It's impossible to be subtle. Like, oh, I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Everyone knows about it. Exactly. But when you spill something on it, the, per- the person whose house is just so excited because they just come over and she goes, see, isn't that great? And she just <laughs> wipes it off. Well, it like- justifies the existence, finally, of the ridiculous plastic covering. Yeah. My grandmother would just go over with like a, with like a bottle of sauce and just start pouring it, pouring it all over just to show everybody how great it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. My whole family. That, but the other stereotype is like the, the Italian, like, uh, you know, mafia type thing, which um, it do- does apply. I got a cousin who, like, is a... Like he runs numbers for the, you know, for like for the mob. Like of course he does. And he and he dresses and talks like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, to this day. And he, well, that look is coming back. I don't know if you've been told. <laughs> well, if it is, I saved all my stuff from high school. So <laughs> I he's like always going. He's one of these guys that like barely finished high school. Smart guy, but was going to make a million bucks the easy way, right? So he's always got a scam. He always got a thing, and he's standing on the street corner with, like, tight pants, and he's, and he's always, like, the legs are always moving, like he's got a live snake in his pants, like, hey, how you doing, how you doing, right? <laughs> and and he um, and he would, sell, he would sell stuff out of the trunk of his car. Like, recently, he came by my mother's store, by my mother's store and he was selling, like, suits um, out of the trunk of his car, suits, ratchets, and car alarms. Uh, I, I'm not making this up. Car alarms he stole out of other people's cars. <laughs> oh, my God. And I said, Bobby... Don't you know the fact you were able to steal this means it's not a very good alarm? He goes, what are you talking about? It just, it just, it doesn't have a box. Here, take his 20 bucks. So my father passes away uh, a while back, and we have the traditional open casket Italian Catholic funeral. And this is how Bobby came dressed to the funeral. He came in a fluorescent orange silk shirt, unbuttoned gold chains, white pant leather belt, white slacks. 
Okay. Wow. Like a creamsicle with chest hair, right? Oof. White mesh loafers, no socks because it's the summer, and uh, got to put powder on your feet to keep them dry. But Bobby, being a he was, put too much powder. So every time he'd step toward the casket, puffs of white smoke were coming out of the tops of his shoes. He looked like the abominable snowman. <laughs> exactly. It's like somebody nominated a pope, I guess. Like, I don't know. So how did you get away with coming to Mohegan this weekend? Because growing up, New Year's Day was always a big Italian family dinner. Did you not do that? Uh, we did a, We did once in a while, but like I just said, you know, look, uh, there are sick people at Mohegan Sun that need my comedy. I can't stay, Mom. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, hit. She actually is like, you want me to make you some lasagna? You could take it and keep it in your hotel room. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to the Antarctic. I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to Uncasville, Connecticut. Like, I'm not even lying about this. I swear to God, I have leftover Christmas lasagna in my office for lunch today. Oh my God, I love you. You're the best. Oh, that's so great. I, uh, I, I want those cookies. Is what I want. I'm I, telling you. Mine are the best. How long does it take you to make 500 cookies? It took me, like, hours. I had a whole system, though, because they bake for, like, eight and a half to nine minutes because I figured out, you know, the magic of the convection oven. Mm-hmm. It's like a choreographed dance around my kitchen island. Like, <laughs> But the thing is, you got to hand roll those cookies to get them perfectly round. Mm. My hands still smell like anise. Like, that oil gets in your pores... <laughs> I'm going to smell like that till Valentine's Day. Uh, That's how you know a real Italian, if they still smell like anise a week right, after exactly. Christmas. Which is good, because normally I've been with you, you smell like garlic. So <laughs> and you not any help? Like, you didn't get, like, a, like, a, like, even some Mexicans hanging out at Home Depot, give them, like, two bucks an hour? No, no. I, I, my sister comes and helps me a little bit, but otherwise... No, I'm just in the kitchen yelling at everybody to get the hell oh, out of my way. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I, I wanted to tell you this story. So my, I met my wife in high school, and we dated like a long time. We dated like 14 years before we got married, and uh, she proposed finally. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you her exact words because I get really emotional, but they ended with, or get off the pot! Yeah. And, and so she's a wasp. Right, for anybody listening, that's like, you know, like uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, like, you know, like Mayflower people, right? And we're Italians, right? So she came over for the first time to the Sunday dinner, right? The big Sunday dinner with the uncles and the cousins. This is when people were smoking inside, you know, cigars and cigarettes. Crinkly furniture, garlic everywhere, chest hair and gold chains. Somebody made car alarms people are selling, you know, the whole thing, right? So we leave. And she goes, I go, did you have a good time? She goes, yeah. She goes, but why was everybody mad at each other? I go, what do you mean? She goes, there was, everybody was yelling at each other. I go, no, we weren't yelling. That's how we talk. She goes, that's how you normally talk? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. The whole, and like, everybody's coming in and out of the house. And, exactly. I'm li- and they're like, what do you need? Can we help? And I'm like, it's fine. I got it. Go. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, the family's fine. But the friends are like, why are you yelling at your family? And I'm like, exactly. I'm not. All right, come on, have... Whether it's classic, like, come on, have some more. Have another meatball. I don't want another meatball. You do this to me all the time. And then it just starts. <laughs> like, it's, it's like insane. And then we, uh, you know, so that was her first, like, experience. And she goes, I'm sleepy. I go, why? She goes, well, I, I, it was all, like, carbs. It was, like, pasta and bread and then more pasta. And then, 
and then like cake and stuff. It's like, and they eat like steak and potatoes. That's what they eat, right? Like it's a completely different animal. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm impressed that you got away from the family on New Year's. How many shows are you doing at Mohegan this weekend? I'm doing two, 7.30 and 10 on New Year's Eve. And uh, it's a comics comedy club, which is right in Mohegan Sun. It's a really beautiful club. And I've been there before, and it's really fun. And I'm going to probably, you know, I'll have a few. By the time a midnight rolls around, I'm going to be, like, shaving my back on stage, you know. So <laughs> if anybody wants to see that, you know, Oh, well, well, how could they not? <laughs> And you're Italian, so that's going to take a while. Because <laughs> you probably look like Chewbacca in The Last Jedi. The Italian. Yeah, with gold chains. Put some gold <laughs> chains on me. I'm your Italian Chewbacca. Hey, baby, I'm your Italian Chewbacca. That would be a great, like, uh, that'd be a great, like, alternative character that I could do or something. But, <laughs> I, uh, but I got the temper, too. Like, I do. But it's funny, you know, because I was... Um, I was home for like uh, I went up around Halloween because I and my mom had a, a thing you know kind of family thing that we went to and and I was thinking about like what you used to get away with then that you can't get away with now like like every Halloween because my parents were busy working in that stupid furniture store I they dressed me up as a hobo and send me out that's what they right like, yeah that was I, a big costume when we were kids yeah because it was easy it was like some old clothes and they take some shoe polish they put it on my face so it looked like I had dirt and an old hat and they'd send me out but I, everybody's so politically correct this, these days you couldn't do that today because if you think about it a hobo's a homeless person our parents dressed us as homeless people and sent us out onto the streets at night to get free food in front of real homeless people it's like our parents were I, jerks. I know. It was like every house. I got baked beans and a harmonica. I never got candy. <laughs> it was the worst. It's just, I miss those days. I miss those days when you could kind of do what you wanted to do and no one complained, you know? Well, now everybody complains about everything. Yeah. And we did, um, I, was, I used to swim at the boys club in Providence. Now, I don't know if this is weird. You ever heard of this? And I'm not making this up. Um, they had, and this was in the program and went home to parents. They had seven to nine age group, all boys naked swim. You were required to swim naked. No, there's, there's no red flags there at all. <laughs> well, listen, Father O'Brien said it was fine. Oh, and, uh, see? No, no, no. I'm not making this up. It's totally true. And they said the rationale was they didn't want the lint from the bathing suit to clog the filter of the pool. Right. <laughs> Well, back then, they didn't even have a girls' club, so we weren't allowed in the pool at all because our hair would clog it. <laughs> that was before they even included girls in the boys' and girls' club. <laughs> That's true. We were still second-class citizens back then. It's true. You could stand around the bubbler and get yourself wet there. <laughs> and then you think about, like, this seven- to nine-year-old boys in a pool, and you're worried about... It's 98% P. You're worried about some lint? Yeah, really? exactly. So are tickets still available for this weekend? Because I know they got a pool at Mohegan. Uh, there are some tickets still available. Uh, I think the, the first show is getting kind of, the second show, rather, the 10 o'clock show is getting kind of, is pretty full. But I think there are a few tickets for that. And there's a, they got a cool, like, package for, you know, drink and, you know, uh, con- uh, price for admission and drinks. So they got a couple of price packages and stuff. It's, it's uh, not expensive, and it's really, really fun. And that sounds ride. like a crazy place to spend New Year's because there's so much to do down there, and you're contained out in the woods in Connecticut. You're out in the woods. You've probably gambled away the la- little bit of money you have left over from Christmas shopping. <laughs> and now you're looking to laugh. And then at some point, 
someone's going to throw a beer bottle at me, and it's, <laughs> that's what I'm expecting. It's like, I have no money and I'm bankrupt. Shut up. No, I had no. people from out of state at my house for Christmas, and you will appreciate this because you live in New York now, and I don't know if they do this in New York, but you grew up in Rhode Island, which is close enough. Right. I was trying to explain to people that getting scratch tickets as a gift for like your birthday or Christmas when you were a kid from your grandfather was normal. Yeah, in fact. And my friends were like, isn't that illegal gambling for a child? And I'm like, "Ah, no. Exactly. My grandfather one time said, hey, uh, I put put $5 on a horse for you. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And and Italian, that meanwhile... He's saying that to a 12-year-old kid that they're letting drink red wine. That was the other thing. Yeah. It's like, let him have some wine. It's good for him. It's just grapes. It's so, but my sister-in-law just gave a bunch of us. Uh, she came into town from Colorado. She's very sweet, but she gave all of us scratch-off tickets. And it's like, just write that you didn't care enough to even go shopping, really. Just write that down somewhere and give, it, give us a <laughs> like, like. And do you know anybody writing? that's ever hit a jackpot that they got as a gift? Like a scratch no, no. ticket is a gift? They scratched it off. And like somebody got a, one person in the family got a dollar and two other people got $2. So basically, she gave $2 worth of gifts, $5 worth of gifts. Like it's the, but you, yeah, it's like that old school mentality of like, yeah, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some uh, scratch off tickets and uh, if you hit it big. And I always wonder, like, if you hit it big, do you have to share with your grandfather? Well, you know, they're going to, they're going to shake you down for some of it. <laughs> They're going to give you that big guilt about it. Well, I did get all oh, my back and oh, I need new plastic covers for the couch. Exactly. I fought in World War II, but don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Oh, oh, my back. I'll get the car clean from the cheese. Don't worry about don't worry it. About I'll it. take care of it. I, I'll go without powder for a while. Don't worry about it. I can live. And my friend's like, this is normal, that people get scratch tickets. So then we're all scratching them because all the friends, everybody's hanging out, everybody got them. So now, like, you're trying to fish for the lucky quarter for everybody. And we're scratching them. And my friend, this is not normal behavior for him. So he's meticulously scratching, like, the whole scratchable surface. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I, I want to see, like, everything, like, what prizes I could win. And, and I'm like, what, why are you bothering? Just scratch enough to see the number that you didn't win and move on. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, yeah, but I want to see the whole thing. And, like, I want to see what I could have won. And now I'm trying to teach him that he's wasting his time. And he's like, you're criticizing me on time management, scratching scratch tickets that I got as a Christmas gift. <laughs> I scratch the number first to see how much. If it's like $5 or below, I don't even bother. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to waste the effort of, of getting my forearm tired trying to scratch. And then they, it seems like they make it harder to scratch the stuff off than it used to. Like, you, you gotta, I think you've got to really work for it. I think they want to, like... They want to. They want to keep you from getting to the money because they figure, well, if you, they win, you know, they got to pay up. Like I can't. It's too exhausting. It's just not worth it. And then some of them for the, you know, they have like the holiday theme ones. Mm. So they have this like holiday tic tac toe one. Mm. And now we're all fighting because it's tic tac toe. Mm. You're a rational guy. You grew up scratching scratch tickets. You go for the center square first. <laughs> exactly. But they didn't. So now we're fighting. 
over what square you scratch first on the holiday tic-tac-toe scratch ticket. (laughs) This is how I spent my holiday. We had the one that she gave us. And by the way, you have to scratch and you have to get eight, like, uh, I don't know, horse heads, right? Like, this is like, it literally was horse heads because she, she lives in Colorado. So these are tickets from Colorado. So the other thing is, like, if anybody wins, you got to fly to Colorado to get it. You, yeah. You oh, let me book that flight to collect my 10 bucks. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's when you show up at, like, a 7-Eleven in Colorado to collect your money from New York and you're, or Rhode Island, and you're like, uh, whatever, and you're like, they just call the, they just call the rubber truck and they have they take you away like, they, like they so so you have to scratch the head like you have to get eight horses heads and i'm like is this like is this is this sponsored by the godfather like what am i doing like like it, and you had then you have to count the heads one two I guess, uh, and like I'm half drunk on wine and vodka I'm yeah like, what they I'm know like, that people buying these are gonna be drunk <laughs> Why not make it easy? Exactly. You got to play to your audience. Exactly. And if you're going to do that, add a little something to the gift. Like wrap it up with some chewing tobacco and beef jerky and then like a trucker hat. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> some of those sweet cigars that come in the pouch at the gas station. Yeah, exactly. Some tipperillos with the little white tip that you smell <laughs> like cherry. I used to drive around in my mother's cutlass with my buddies drink and drive and listen to the Boston on the radio, or my 8-track, literally, and then chewing on those things like I was like some wise guy from Goodfellas. And by the way, being Italian, like, people can make jokes about us, and like, it's okay, because we're Italians, and we're considered part of the majority now, but in 1905, when my grandparents came here, they were the minority. They did all the, you know, crappy jobs that nobody wanted. And But today, like, People make off-color jokes about, like, if you're a European immigrant, like the Irish, or, you know, drink a lot, which is actually true, German, French. But the Italian thing, it gets to me sometimes. I got a buddy, he's Chinese, uh, his name's George, right? And whenever he sees me, he goes, hey, Paulie, how you doing? Hey, Paulie, Paulie, how you doing? Like, I'm Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, okay? I'm, I'm insulted by that, and I can't, do the, I can't do the reverse to him. He's Chinese, I can't go, hey, George, how you doing, buddy? Like... <laughs> I can't. No, you can't. Can't. Hey, George, you got any egg rolls? Like, I can't do that. Hey, bada bing, though, buddy. Exactly. What do you got? Some cheese under the seat? (laughs) But the thing is, you do. Exactly. So the stereotype exists for a reason, you hairy back bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I hope that you have a great New Year's this weekend. I hope that the leftover lasagna gets you through. Yeah. And, and you uh, know what? Had I known that, you know, your mom didn't make you Anna's cookies, I would have sent you some. Oh, listen, Anna's cookies, please, if you got any leftover, send them to me, and I'm going to send you raisins, a ton of raisins. Oh, yeah, just in the pie, though. Just <laughs> just, some, just some raisins yeah. wrapped up in an apple pie. And not just and- raisins, craisins, too, because let's dry everything out and put it in stuff. <laughs> exactly. How can we? And, and, you know, the thing is, you never hear anybody say, I need more craisins in my life. Never... <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm missing? Like, let's take another disgusting thing and make it make people eat it and pretend that it's something. You know what would make this kale delicious? <laughs> craisins. Cra- craisins. Craisins and kale. We should open, you and I 
should open like a little restaurant called Craisins and Crails. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be just two loud Italians. What do you want? What do you have? We got craisins and cra- kale. What do you think we have? And then we just abuse them for eating stupid food. <laughs> exactly. Go to the bakery next door and get Anna's cookies, you idiot. Yeah, exactly. You probably poop grass, moron. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going to do, too, just before I jump here? Um, any back hair that I shave on stage, I'm going to save, put in a Ziploc. It's coming your way. When I get the back hair... Yeah. I will send Anna's cookies. <laughs> All right, okay. It's a treat. It's <laughs> uh, well, if you're looking for something to do New Year's Eve, you go hang out at Mohegan, go see Paul, collect the back hair that falls on the stage. You'll have a blast. And then we're going to cruise around in my mother's car that smells like cheese and oh, tipperillos. And I bet her car Boston smells delicious. Cookies. How about that? Absolutely. Uh, you're the best. I appreciate you calling, Paul. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Mistress Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.